Hello, my name is John Culey. And my name is Matt Green. And this is the Centrelight Podcast. Centrelight exists to discuss faith and life about church in the 21st century. So, coming up on today's show, we discuss humility, we have some disobedient calling, and we'll be setting you some homework. Enjoy the podcast. What's been happening with you? I am just back from Africa, which is good. I was on a trip to Mali and Burkina Faso, visiting development projects there, whole other continent and all. all Very different way of life, but yeah, it was fascinating, really interesting stuff. So, yeah, I've seen your pictures, especially with you and the crocodile. Oh yeah, yeah, had a bit of crocodile wrestling. (laughs) I'm exaggerating a little, but I did. uh, I did stroke a crocodile. Yeah, I have been told since that crocodiles come firmly into the category of animals you don't stroke. But, uh, I'm uh, surprised you weren't aware of that beforehand. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's kind of funny though because I somehow in my mind justified it as okay because there was a little local tour guide there with a stick. But as time goes on, I'm kind of starting to think that maybe the, that stick wasn't really <laughs> going to do much. Well, uh, imagine if you want to find out more about that trip, you could go on the forum and uh, ask Matt some questions. You could, yeah, you could. I'll give you all the information you like, um, except for my blood type and yeah. national insurance number. Bank details. Yeah. Anything else? You're, you're golden. Um, <laughs> so what's been happening with you, John? Uh, well, this week, as we're recording, is uh, half term in Scotland. So we've been away um, on camps with the young people. And we've just come back yesterday from the senior camp. And we're going away tomorrow for the junior camp. It's been good, yeah. We've been using the centre at Glenkin again, which is just outside Dunoon. We went mountain biking when they got here. And then I'd organised a big capture the flag game, which... They seem to love, they enjoyed scrambling through the, <laughs> the uh, undergrowth, as it were, uh, to try and evade the capture. I wasn't very good at that game, and I got caught too many times. <laughs> um, but no, that was good, and looking forward to going again tomorrow to the younger group and see what we've got in store for them. Cool. Are you going to run the same programme again? Oh, well, it's not me that's running this one, ah, okay. so uh, it'll be a bit different. Cool. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Do the kids enjoy it as much as you do? Um, I don't know, probably just as much, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I love it. I, mean, I really do love getting in and about. Because it's just, it's really in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's really cool that there's a place like that, like a centre like that exists yeah. as well. It's, and it's not that far away from the kids, the, you know, from Glasgow, where these kids all come from. You know, it's not that, it's only a couple of pounds. We're trying to use it as much as we can. Excellent. So, time for a quick question, I, I think. Sp- I suppose it is, yeah. We should yeah. move on to a quick question. Uh, so... Are you ready? You've got the music poised. And oh, we do have the music cued. poised. Um, am I asking the question to you, I think, this time? Oh, I was just trying to get out of it. Yeah, I know you were. <laughs> you, were to, you were trying to set it up so, uh, so you were going to ask me. But I think if we look yeah. closely at the last few episodes, you've asked has, me the yeah. question. You've, so you've caught on to a trick. I have caught on to a trick. And it will last for no longer. Um, so... Matt, do you have the music ready to go? <laughs> yes, yeah, I've got the music ready to go. Okay, here we go. The question this episode is, is there a set way to pray? Ah, okay. Um, well, I think that... That's an easy one, no. Question answered? <laughs> question answered! Uh, no, I, I, I do think no, but I, I'll elaborate. Um, I think that there are loads of different ways to pray. I think that what works for one person may not work for another person. Yeah. I think the important thing about prayer is that you're actually doing it. So that's the right way to pray, is to actually pray. To just do it, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's loads of things in the Bible about like prayer positions, you know, face down, facing mm-hmm. up to heaven. 
and it seems as though there may have been reasons for one or the other, you know, a different yeah. period or a different um, ritual of this. Yeah, like a cultural word, kind yeah. of um, recognition. And, and the, the symbol, symbolism of one action over another might have been something, but mm. uh, I think that the Bible's full of a rich tapestry of prayer. Yeah. So I think that there's not a right way to pray. No, I thought I'd agree with you. I don't think there's a right way to pray. I think you, I quite like that idea of there being a heritage. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. that they prayed a certain way because they were after something. But maybe that's something we can introduce. There's uh, when we're talking about set ways to pray. I was always reminded of the verse in Ephesians six where Paul says, "And never forget to present." Is it like all kinds of prayers and requests? Yeah. Which kind of for me says there is no set. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm reminded just when you were saying there about us adopting different ways to pray, it reminded me just of um, someone who was once saying that what they, they couldn't find time to pray, so what they decided to do was to fast during their lunch and pray. Oh, and I quite like that combination of fasting, which is something we don't really do a lot in the modern world. Um, and that's how they, and it felt like those prayers, possibly, um, there was a commitment to prayer there, so it was quite an interesting yeah, it's kind of had an action with it as well. Yeah. There was like the, so there was like an extra commitment. I like the idea of being able to get creative with prayer. Um, I haven't really got any particular examples of that, but just different you know, creative ways that you can, you can pray. It might take a little bit of time to think yeah. something up, but again, that shows commitment to the fact that you want to pray. Uh, but for those people who don't maybe have that time, I think what you said about just doing it is probably the most important thing. Question answered? Question answered? Yeah, we got that this week. <laughs> uh, so now it's time for us to move on to the discussion for this episode. Uh, what is it we're going to be looking at this episode, Matt? Uh, this episode we're going to look at humility. Humility is, uh, I think, I... It's a really interesting topic, humility, because uh, there's just so much wrapped up in it, mm. you know, especially from a Christian perspective, how are you meant to be and act if you've done something well, you know, can you, can you, how can you be humble and also recognise something good, mm. but at the same time, how do you constantly have this kind of attitude of humility, does that mean always putting other people ahead of yourself? Um, you know, always being aware of the opportunities to serve. Yeah, I just I think there's just so much wrapped up in it. Yeah, it's a really inter- I think it's a really interesting topic. Maybe just start by touching on that question you just asked there. I'll let, um, the idea of if you've done something well, mm-hmm. how do you approach that humbly? Um, what occurred to me was actually is recognizing God's part in it. Okay. So that it's not um, you're not celebrating your victory. Oh. You're celebrating God's. Victory, if you like. Yeah. Victory, strange one to yeah. use, but you know, like achievement. Achievement. achievement, yeah. Or, um, so, like, if you if you do achieve something, say, I don't know, run the best camp, and, and you get fantastic <laughs> feedback, and all the kids loved it, and they all um, had the most amazing time. Um, that actually, that's given kind of like the credit to God rather than taking the credit. Yeah. So, like, by because I guess that can go one of a few ways. One is that you go around boasting and think, "Well, oh, I ran a great camp," you you know, yeah. which doesn't help anyone. No. Or you kind of think, well, I'll avoid that, be really humble, and then you kind of say, oh, yeah, the camp was fine, it was average, or whatever. Yeah, and, and that kind of really, yeah, the credit it deserves. Yeah, but actually, what I think you, I would lean towards more saying, well, actually, with a brilliant camp, God really blessed it, or 
you know, and then it, yeah. you're sharing the fact that that was it wasn't yeah. because of you know you even yeah. I suppose, yeah, you're right. I suppose you can say God used me mm-hmm. in a way. You yeah. Know? So you're still not saying it was all about me, but you're saying actually God used the talents that I've got. Yeah. So well, although it was God, you know, yeah, I did do something in that process yeah. as well. Which I, I think is an important thing. So yeah, yeah, I think but so. I think it's important because um, if folk can see I've achieved something, yeah. Then my my logic behind that is that they'll be going away thinking, well. God can achieve things through him. Yeah. He can achieve things through anyone. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know. Like <laughs> 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 that, that's where I yeah. would come from. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, it's empowering and all, as well as kind of um, just sharing God's wonderfulness. Wonderfulness, good word. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is a danger when you think of the humility that is someone who just kind of gets stood on. Doormat, mm. Do you know what I mean? It's a yeah. doormat. It's not. It, I think humility requires more strength mm. because our natural desire is to say, is to kind of look at you know, I'm a bit of an attention yeah. seeker. To especially if you're involved in a, a world, maybe at work where mm. people are always like that. It's yeah. and you. You can make a real stand if you've mm. got an attitude of humility. What do you think the world at large outside of Christian circles thinks of humility? I think that probably see it as weak mm. um, you know how, how are you going to get anywhere yeah. if you're not saying how good you are yeah I remember mm. kind of hearing stories of people saying like you forgive too easily and things like that or you yeah. and stuff and you're thinking oh, no, really you don't forgive enough yeah um, I think it's. I think Christians can get wrapped up in that as well and think well you know we need to actually we need to have these ambitions and you know you're right we need to have ambition but at the same time we need to do it Um in a way that glorifies God, not in a way that glorifies the world or ourselves. And sometimes we can justify things that we've done by saying, well, you know, it's you know, ambition. Mm. But actually, is it, or is it just pride and wanting to be the best at yeah. getting some kind of recognition for yourself? No, that's true. I remember um, one time at a prayer meeting in our church, one of the the more mature gentleman, shall we say, <laughs> was uh, in our group and uh, we were just, I can't remember what I had been praying about, but then he started praying about um, this idea that, that humility shouldn't be mistaken for meekness right, um, or softness necessarily, oh. that, that it was okay for us to stand up for our beliefs and to stand up, you know, if we see something wrong, actually, yeah, yeah. It's, it's right for us to be strong and to be like, you know, to stand up yeah, against yeah. that and to, to make a point. But I think often we make the mistake of in every situation, defer it to someone else, and in every situation, just accept yeah. it. But right. actually, you're doing a disservice to like a fundamental value to justice. Yes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, to justice exactly. So that there are times when we are called to, um, to to stand up for something. Yeah. And so I think we just have to be careful how we kind of the humility is more like a state of attitude about ourselves, perhaps, and rather than our beliefs. Yeah, because I think I don't think we stop being humble when we're standing up for justice. Mm-hmm. And I think it isn't necessarily just about ourselves, but it's about recognizing. It's about recognizing humility for all, and that the, that person needs to be humble mm. and recognize justice. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's standing up for humility. Yeah. almost. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? I don't know whether that, that makes, makes no, sense. No, no, it does make sense. Just like Jesus did, you know, he needed to humble himself to death. Mm. It's obvious that he wasn't like that kind of pushover 
you know, from all the things mm. you read about Jesus, he wasn't a pushover at yeah. all. But he still had this attitude of humility, which is, you know, the attitude of being aware of other people mm. and their needs. I think sometimes humility can also be about other people's needs. It's obviously about looking out for others as well. But in terms of not just, it's also about listening as well. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I always think that, you know, it's a huge part. Um, you can, you get people who just talk. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and it's great to be able to listen and kind of sit back. And I think sometimes humility is about listening to others rather mm. than always being the one who's going on. Yeah. As I'm going on and on and on now and you're being very yeah. humble and you're... <laughs> we interrupt this discussion to warn you of a dad joke approaching. Warning, dad joke approaching. I, I thought I was being humble. You were. Yeah, yeah, really well. I think I'm really good at being humble. Yeah, good skills. Dad joke over. It is now safe to proceed. Um, it kind of actually just what you were touching on there also reminded me of something that someone um, said uh, on the forum uh, about uh, some of the most effective Christian ministry being deferring to the other person. Yeah. I've changed the word slightly there, but that kind of idea yeah, of yeah. deferring to the other person's needs and listening to them and seeing where they're coming from and not yeah. having your own agenda. I yeah. think it is an important thing. That, uh, you know, I think that is quite an, a big thing. Um, just to, to focus on their needs sometimes. I, I'm not naturally uh, a focus on other person's needs person. <laughs> I'm more of a the world revolves around me person. <laughs> um, mm, I think you've probably been a bit harsh on yourself. Uh, I'm maybe just good at hiding it. <laughs> but <laughs> I, uh, I, I think it. I think it'd be fair. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not just being humble now. Okay. I genuinely think that I could do better at considering other people. It's something I have worked on. So I've been kind of changing over time. But it is like yeah. I wonder how many other people. Yeah. Also, like if you had a world of people revolving around themselves, yeah. what would happen as opposed to a world of people deferring to other people? Yeah. Everything just ties together. You know when you. We started with humility and now we're looking at, you know, you're saying about respecting others because that's ultimately what humility mm. is about. Uh, but it all brings this whole thing, like you said, about what would happen if everyone was thinking about themselves. Well, you wouldn't have community. You know, yeah. People wouldn't be, you know, making an effort to do things for other people. We'd be worried about our, ourselves. And, mm. and again, this isn't for, from my personal point of view my belief is that that's not what God wants. He doesn't mm-hmm. want us all as individuals worried about our own things. He wants us to be a community, just as God, the three in one, you know, are a community. And mm-hmm. um, you know, we need to be replicating that by reaching out. And and humility is the perfect way to reach out, because mm-hmm. it's saying, it's not going into a situation saying, "This is how I can sort your situation out." It's going in and saying, "How can I help mm-hmm. you yeah. sort your situation?" It's not. You know, it's about asking them what they need, not saying this is what you need. Yeah. And I think that's been a problem down the years with mission, that maybe they haven't respected the culture or the context, yeah. and they've just gone in and done their thing mm-hmm. rather than thinking, actually, what is it that these people are doing and how can we best serve them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is a yeah. common, common thing. Um, yeah, I think um, the humility, I think, I think actually humility is at the heart of almost all gospel teaching. When, it, when you come down to it, it's usually it's usually service and for God is usually revolves around either humbling yourself before God initially, mm-hmm. accepting your flaws and failings, and saying, "Well, I need you, God, to, yeah. to help me through this." I think that's like a, a, the most 
top level, that's that is Christianity yeah. really. Yeah. Then humbling yourself before other people, maybe within your church or your friends or your family yeah. or whatever to say same thing, you know, I'm messed yeah. up and witness I'm messed up, but God help me. You know, yeah. that's a form of witness, is humbling yourself and being vulnerable yeah. and allowing allowing yourself to kind of open up being open, Yeah, be open and just get that stuff out there. Yeah. And then in service is is the humility of well, can I get you a cup of tea instead of waiting for you to offer me or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's at the heart of a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, there's, off the top of my head, I can think of a few verses from the Bible about humility. Obviously, you've got um, the bit in Philippians where it talks about Jesus coming down, that he humbled himself mm. to be like man. I'm sure that's not exactly the quote, but it's in there. I think it's Philippians 2. And then you have Paul talking about how he won't boast in anything but Christ. Mm. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. And then I think he also says, um, I apologise if this is out of context, but he says about for when I'm weak, then I will be yeah. strong. So I think that's in relation to him getting the thorn. I don't know. Yeah, thorn on the Yeah, and it's like, actually, it's when I humble myself, when I'm weak, is actually when the power of Christ mm-hmm. can come in yeah. and make me strong. So I think it needs to, and there's a song by Matt Redman, which is, was it, you must increase, I must decrease. It's about recognising that mm-hmm. actually, when we open ourselves up, the power of God can be shown in us more. Um, another Bible bit I'll just say this last one ding, ding, three. Yeah, I know. <laughs> is um, I was writing some material recently on the bit in Luke where there's the banquet and Jesus observed and said why do you sit at the higher place surely it's better for you to come in and sit at the lowest place and be told to move up higher mm. than it is to sit up high and be told to move yeah. because you're in someone else's place yeah, and I think that the verse is if you humble yourselves you will be exalted but if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a simple teaching, yeah. but it's such an effective one. And then he says, don't. Yeah, and then what I loved about that whole passage was the bit where it said, don't do things for people who can repay you. Mm. Do it for the people who can't repay you. Yeah. Uh, and he was referring to the, the teachers of the law who were getting hospitality mm-hmm. from their friends, knowing that actually um, they can, you know, that they'll be repaid in the same way. Yeah. Um, and then Jesus encourages them to go out to the streets yeah, and find those hospitality to yeah. can't do it. So there's a real challenge there for us is to yeah. actually think about the way in which we provide hospitality and how we're humble. You know, just when we serve people, do we yeah. do it because we know that actually they'll do it for us, or do we just do it with an attitude of humility mm. and the Christ-likeness? Yeah, that's not too no, much jargon. It's, <laughs> it's not it's so true. And also, you remind me of another bit in the Bible with Jesus, where he's kind of saying the whole idea of. Um, getting your reward in, on earth yeah. or getting your rewards in heaven type thing yeah. there's, there's a whole section around that kind of idea and it's like kind of storing up your treasures in heaven and all this kind of stuff I think that all feeds into that yeah. that same sort of thing as well no well I think that's quite a lot of stuff yeah. that we've covered there obviously if any of you out there have any thoughts on that or anything you think we've missed then please get on the forum maybe title it humility that, that and uh, write up your thoughts yeah good but we're going to move on. Two funny things. It is time for funny thing, yes. Um, I suppose, first of all, we should announce the, the winner. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to announce that or that? Oh, well, I suppose. 
I'll announce it for you. You know, we don't want you to get too proud. Yeah, that, that would be good. In fact, I mean, we don't have to announce it. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt won, yes. <laughs> so, his story, which was, of course... It was a doubleheader. It was a doubleheader. So, yeah. uh, I believe it was the combination of my um, mother interfering at <laughs> a gig and um, me having um, an interesting water experience. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Pee on your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and so we'll move on to this episode, and we need to decide who's going first, as ever. I noticed that the original bookshelf of glory is sitting in the corner of the uh, venue. Told, we have, we, have we told people we're in a new venue? We are in a new venue. Uh, Matt has a new um, accommodation, a lovely property in Glasgow. However, we'll do things. And we're at, oh yes, there's an electricity bill. Would you like um, Bill Sider? I'll have Bill Sider down, please. And here we go. Oh, nice flick. Oh, it's Bill side down. It is. You get to go Which first. means I get to go first. Hooray! I would just like to intimate that there is a giant wasp where that landed. Whoa, that is huge. Anyway, sorry. That's <laughs> quite golden of us. It's all now. Anyway, uh, okay, my story. Um, it is a little bit visual. However, it is quite funny. Not possibly hilarious, but it's quite funny. Um, we have a quiz night every fortnight, and uh, the last one was hosted at my house, and one of the rounds was sport, and the question was, how many laps do do they compete in a speedway race? So, you know, the speedways and motorbikes that okay. go around yeah, on yeah, the dirt. dust track, yeah. Yeah, and they don't have brakes, they just kind of skid around. Anyway, the options were three laps, four laps, or five laps, and I was thinking, oh, I did go through a phase of watching speedway, bizarrely. Um, it's one of those things that uh, it's quite fun to watch. Transworld sports. Yeah, yeah that's model. probably exactly what it was, yeah. Um, and I was thinking, I'm sure it's just three laps. So, in order for me to get the right answer, what I did was I closed my eyes and I put my hands out in the shape of a handlebar and started to sway <laughs> as if I was going around the course, thinking, how many laps have I completed? <laughs> And of course, there are 10 other people in the room <laughs> at this time. <laughs> yeah, so that was my funny thing. I know it's not amazing. No, that's and it's probably how you had to be there one, but it was very funny. I, um, I oh, would just like to ask two questions. Yeah. How many laps was it? It was four, and I said three, so I was wrong. I didn't know. I need to do an extra lap. And the other thing? Yeah. Did you win the race? Uh, in no, your head? I came second. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Very I, didn't, well, I didn't win the quiz either. Um... Okay, so, Matt, it's your turn. It is my turn. Mine's also quite visual. Okay, not bad for a uh, podcast. I uh, required. Well, I say required, but I, I would. I I was hoping to get uh, some new clothes to wear to the gym, so I went to the sports shop, and I, I've seen. I don't know if anyone's ever seen Under Armour. It's uh, it's like this clothing that sticks to your skin. It's like a second skin thing, and it's right. supposed to aid. Um, performance and ventilation and all these things. It's very technical clothing. Um, t-shirts are just they're say, so last year. What's wrong with the t-shirt? <laughs> so anyway, I thought that's interesting. I'll try this on. I've never I've never tried it before, so I'll try it. On. So anyway, I uh, go into the room and I put this thing on. It's quite the idea is that it's really tight. So so I put it on and I'm like, okay, that's fine. So then I go to take it off. Now can I go to discover that it's a bit like a wetsuit? Right. So you don't really get a lot of purchase. No. And uh, also one of the factors is that it's quite elastic. So 
then I managed to kind of scramble it up over my head. Yep. Uh, and then I was trying to pull up that last bit, but it was like that's where the most friction was. So I, it kind of was like this. It was like someone wrestling an octopus in a, a tight little box in a cardboard box, trying to pull this thing off. And I was literally there for about five minutes trying to get this top off because <laughs> it just kept stretching and pinging back like elastic and stuff. And uh, it was a bit of a mess. Oh no! Way. So I, I so far have not purchased that uh, <laughs> that top. Um, the next person then might find it a little misshapen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. that is my um, map getting stuck in yeah. uh, what did what did you say it was called? Called Under Armour. Under Armour product placement is allowed. That's not a particularly good name. I understand now. Under Armour, as in like armour, like a knight, rather than armour yeah. like under your arms. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that should have been the funny thing. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Yeah, so get voting on the forum. There will be a poll. Uh, we promise. So, yes, there will be a poll. Uh, get on there and vote. So it's now time for spiritual caffeine. And uh, yeah, the idea of this episode was kind of looking back a bit into heritage and history. Bit of research required. The last few ones we've done have talked about, you know, taking a bit of time away, being creative and stuff. This time we thought, maybe it's time for a bit of homework. Yeah. Um, and this was kind of inspired by church that I, the church I was at on Sunday, in fact, my church. <laughs> uh, we had communion. And uh, the lady, Reverend Marjorie McCaskill, uh, took communion and she gave us a little reflection on Passover. And she talked about the cup that we drink out of with uh, the blood of Christ in. And uh, she was saying that actually this is something that, that was common at the Passover meal for the Jews to do, um, to take part in. And actually the cup is a symbol and it's actually used waiting for the return of the Messiah, that they fill this cup up with wine and then put it on the table and no one is allowed to drink it. And then at the end of the meal, um, they hope that Elijah, who is the kind of precursor to the Messiah, has drunk from the cup. At the end of the meal, if it's not been drunk from, they just throw it out and then they do that again at the next Passover meal. So that when Jesus then, at the Last Supper, took the cup and drank from it, this was a big you know, symbol signifying that actually he was the Messiah. That, that at the end of the Passover meal, the cup had been drunken, drunken from, that's not a word, had been drank <laughs> from. Uh, so that was just a really interesting bit of kind of history mm. on the Passover meal that really helped me get a better understanding of communion. Yeah. I, stuff like that really helps me engage with my Bible more. It gets me excited, because like, when someone says something like that, the first thing is, hey, look that up. And then you start to kind of get excited and then it kind of gives you a bit more of a spark to read the Bible. So um, I really think it's a fantastic thing. And also anything that helps your understanding of the significance of certain things in the Bible, because it's so easy to read a passage and just think, that just read it on the surface and take that meaning. But actually it's so deep that there's, there's so, much there's so many levels to, to the Bible that once you know one thing, something else comes alive. And yeah, and it really might seem like just some, a throwaway comment yeah. or something, but actually it's got some real historical meaning yeah. to it. Like, I think you mentioned about the camel and the eye of the needle. Yeah. The parable of that, that actually, what was it? The There's a gate in Jerusalem that, the, the, I can't remember whether it was called the needle gate or something like that, but it would have had significance. It was, it would have had significance. And it was difficult for a camel to yeah. kind of get through. So, yeah. And it wasn't just the fact that it's an actual needle. So it's things like them that help our understanding. So basically we're saying, go out there, maybe find a verse that you like or some kind of um, aspect or story and maybe see if there's any kind of historical yeah, significance, exactly. any kind of context to, to what we're saying, and if that can help you and aid your understanding. 
Yeah, and then just think about that through the week, maybe. Just do it, you know, maybe just pick one thing yeah. and then just like, research it. And, and tell people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just reflect on it. So time now for ideas for church. Indeed it is. And the idea this episode is having a community focus. Yeah, and the, the idea, obviously, churches should always be having a community focus. But the the plan was for maybe those churches that kind of maybe struggle to think up ideas and or ways in which they can serve. It's to maybe over a certain period of time, you could do it for a week. You could have like a community focus week. You could have it for a month or you could maybe try and do it all year round. But during that time, you could think about the gifts and talents that your congregation has and that then maybe they would offer these services free to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe the elders, if you have an eldership or, or however you you work your congregation, the elders would be responsible for a particular area of the community. Mm. That, um, so maybe the elders could think about who needs serving in that area and maybe find out if there's anyone in the congregation that could do that. Maybe if it's just need their garden needs looking after yeah, yeah. and there's a couple of people who are good at gardening, they could go in and, and for free go and tidy up that person's garden. Maybe there's someone who's not well, maybe there's a nurse or a doctor who might mm-hmm. be able to go over and give them a bit of advice or tell them to maybe go and see a doctor, <laughs> you know what I mean? To, just thinking about your community and about the gifts that you already have in your congregation. Yeah. It's one of those things that actually sounds really simple, but, um, you know, it's something that we could definitely be doing. Yeah, I, I love the idea, um, because it, it can work on so many levels, because like, in a simple, there's loads of simple things like helping someone with their messages. Stuff like that. I mean, almost every congregation in the world will be able to have people there who are able to help with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's no special skills needed, you know. Um, and it's a fantastic kind of thing of just this church in action. But then you could get creative and then like if you've got someone in the church who designs websites or yep. as a photographer or I mean there's so many other like creative art things like that that they could go and help with. Um if you're an accountant and help someone with their accounts. You know, there's so many kind of other levels there that you can actually kind of bring some things to life in the community. And it kind of links in with our humility discussion about not necessarily taking, the, you're not trying to do it to take the credit for yourself. Mm. You're actually using the gift that God's given you to glorify him yeah. and, and bring his community together. I think we should end by uh, just reminding people that we will be having uh, Centre Light Live. Indeed as well, Centre Light Live, 14th of November yeah. from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. Yeah. Still at a venue to be decided. In uh, Glasgow. Yeah, but keep checking out the website. And of course the website is at www.centrelight.org and you'll find everything on there.